going. We're off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. But you gotta talk People of the, the world. Sorry, I was preparing my talking points. Alright, welcome to the first episode of Sprouting in STEM. I'm Audrey Farrell. That's Matt Murphy. Let's just do it. So anyways, <laughs> so I guess the whole point of this episode is to talk about like early conceptions and misconceptions i'd say yeah because like, it's, it's STEM our, education it's our first episode so we gotta we but gotta one, start one thing i want to bring up because this just came up as a tweet as i was scrolling through twitter and not listening to you oh great thanks but um someone took a screenshot of how their professor canceled class he just sent out an email to the class and uh, attached the lecture slides and he said sorry again if it's any consolation i am as the youth say straight up not having a good time right now and sent that to his students amazing and that makes me think about how like in high school your teachers are always so strict and oh in college they won't accept any of this Mm. but like college professors are the biggest goons i've ever known oh they're amazing they're angels on this earth i think what i love most is that every every single especially in physics every single professor has like at least one weird little thing yeah like last semester was a wonderful case study in professors weird little things do you have any in mind in particular uh erasing the chalkboard with both hands (laughs) my absolute favorite one that was an art an art truly truly an art our point is college is a lot less formal than we expected it would be especially like in an education in science it's a lot less i'd say intimidating than i thought it was going to be Everything that I thought college would be in high school, like coming into it, is it couldn't be more opposite, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Things are so much different than they are made out to be. And I really don't know why. Because everyone, well, not everyone, but like especially the teachers in high school, they all went to college. They know what it's like. I don't know. I don't know where this like misconception came from. I think it's outdated. Or this person. It might be. It's like back when like. College was just like a bunch of dudes sitting in all full suits, mm. just like olden days where co- like getting a college education was so much less common. And so like now you basically everyone gets at least an undergraduate degree because it's like required in order to get any kind of job. And so it's just become a lot more casual. Yeah. But I think it's not been reflected as much in media as it should be and then every once in a while you get that kid who'll come in in the full suit hat <laughs> like the briefcase yeah and you're like what year is it that long umbrella with the little curly handle <laughs> i didn't realize it was 1812 sorry <laughs> yeah i don't understand it like okay. to each their own but yeah. this okay. is the world we live in let's backtrack a little all right and talk about why we're here at all because <laughs> matt you you and i both did not grow up in like sciencey families at all. Nope. And so, but we're here now. We're both studying physics. We're in our senior year. We just finished our first week of our last fall semester of undergrad. So, how how we get here? What do we do? What do we do wrong that we're here now? <laughs> you know, we can start at the very beginning. Ooh. Back when uh, we came to this country. <laughs> what? My everyone in my family up to me. Um, like excluding my cousins because they've also grown up in this generation where mm. like you get pushed to go to college and mm. a bachelor's degree is basically the requirement to be an adult nowadays. Yeah. But um, other than that, 
we've been like a primarily working family mm. like my father um spent his entire career in the commercial food industry my mother does like accounting now everything but like it has never been with like one or two exceptions nothing ever near like professional science or acad- ac- academia academia anything like that mm. but i feel like that's all like laid the foundation for me or whoever else it would have been mm. to like go beyond that i guess i'm in a uncommon situation where like uh both my parents have graduate degrees technically but they got them years after getting their bachelor's and both uh not in science related fields whatsoever so i i'm come from a big family so do you right I have more cousins than the average person yeah, like would. A, like a kind of biggish family. And it's overwhelmingly full of artists and musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my dad's a, a kind of graphic design kind of guy. And my mom's in education. But she has... she I don't even know what she got a degree in. But okay. she used to do like costume design and all this stuff. Oh. And my siblings are all painters. So you have a lot of creativity in your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's funny because usually you hear the story about like the artist's like going off to pursue their dreams despite their family's disapproval and here i am like my whole family's artists and i want to go study physics and it's like <laughs> what do are they you disapprove doing? of that they don't disapprove because they know i'm gonna make a lot of money <laughs> do you know you're gonna make a lot of money not at all but they think that I'm, I'm gonna make a lot of money um but they think i what i do is so boring like so incredibly boring which is, like, kind of the public perception at this point, is that, like, oh, you're going into science? You're going to, like, sit in a lab and pipette shit for 25 years before you get to do anything significant. You know, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me my major, and then I told them, and then the only sentence that came out of their mouth was, oh, that's hard, mm. I'd be able to pay off my undergraduate loan. <laughs> yeah. Life would be great. Yeah, like and then there's... another thing that comes up is people just think you're like, obviously we're, I don't know, at risk of saying this, we're a little smarter than most. <laughs> oh shit! But um, Spill that tea, man. People like expect us to just know everything about physics. That's like, every true. family gathering I come to, like I have to explain the entirety of string theory. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed when I go home, uh, particularly with my mom, like we'll be driving in the car and just like having a normal conversation. And then she'll turn to me and she'd be like, Audrey, like, what is nuclear power? Just because like that's something that never got explained to her, especially my mom has like a had a southern like public school education, like in like Georgia and Kansas, like her education growing up was terrible. And she did not learn nearly as much as we learned just like through high school uh first off because a lot of the science that we're learning now in our senior year didn't exist (laughs) around that time but also just it wasn't really a priority for them so she never learned about physics she never really learned much math and so she asked me like all these like very fundamental but like impossibly hard (laughs) questions about physics and i think one of the things you learn when you first start studying, especially physics, is like, you don't know shit. You know nothing. And like, so do, neither does anyone else. Like, all you learn in physics every year is that like, what you thought you knew before was wrong. And now it's going to be harder and you have to relearn it. That reminds me a lot of 
what was discussed at that GRFP seminar today. Um, to all those applicants out there, best of luck. Get your essays ready. But she was talking about how, like, when you write something or you discuss something, especially science-related, like, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the person you're presenting to or talking to, whatever. So you got to really bring yourself down to the level of your audience. And, like, sometimes it's hard to do, especially because, like, we're away at college or away from home. Mm-hmm. So we spend all our time around peers who are also getting their college education. Not the same fields, but, like, generally the same level. They know what's going on. Yeah. So we have all this, like, jargon and such and such that, like, is just common knowledge to us. Yeah. And then you bring that back to, like, people who haven't had, like, a college mathematical background. Mm-hmm. And, like, what you're saying in your head is just obvious like simple things yeah but if you think about what they're hearing it's not at all what you're hearing not at all yeah it's it's always kind of like when i whenever i go home especially it's like kind of a lesson in like kind of almost humbling yourself because you realize that like they've chosen a different path in their life and you have to learn how to communicate with people who haven't spent the years that we've spent dedicated to this very niche interest <laughs> and i feel like the best way to learn what you don't know about what you're doing is to try to like explain it to someone who mm-hmm. absolutely does not know what you're doing yeah because a lot of times i'll be like explaining some like something about like special relativity or like something a little abstract that like i think i know mm-hmm. to someone who absolutely knows nothing about it and then they'll ask me something that i just have no idea what, like what to say yeah. and, like i might have just been taking this concept for granted yeah, people that are new to the topic ask the hardest questions. And then it makes me feel like I'm just unqualified to answer. Yeah. I mean, that's like a whole aspect of physics. It's just like accepting the things you don't know and trying to find ways to find that out. But it's hard because they always ask those hard questions first and not ask the things <laughs> you do know. So then Can you ask you're me off a to a bad start. <laughs> and then and, um, one of the kids in the seminar asked a question that I thought was kind of interesting. Um he was talking about like this whole concept of bringing yourself to the level of your audience. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, I'm a PhD student. Um, kind of like reflecting on like his reputation and like all the work is done to like get to his level. And he's like, I'm a PhD student. I feel like I should be writing at the level of a PhD student and presenting myself as such um, at the risk of like sounding. He doesn't basically, he doesn't want to come off as like someone who's not who he is. Yeah. He doesn't want to like sound too informal or sound like he's not at the level at which he is mm-hmm. which i feel like um kind of hampers your ability like you might not think of it you might not think you're doing it but reflecting on that yeah i find myself doing that all the time where i'll like intentionally use like jargon or like kind of to like puff myself up like, if I'm having a low day, I'll describe the kind of work I do to someone that's not in physics, like, almost to make myself feel better. And it's a terrible habit, because it does not make physics sound more accessible to anyone. But, like, you Nor work... would they really know the difference yeah. between what you're saying and, like, a better way of explaining yeah, it. Yeah, but, like, I think, like, you, you work for so many years on, on learning all this, like, really complicated physics, and all you want to do is brag about it. <laughs> Be like, look what I know, and you don't. <laughs> I suppose that's what a degree is for, but... Yeah, it's like, this is a degree certifying that I know shit that you don't know. (laughs) But going back, all the way... How far back do you want to go? How far back? 
into the womb. No, Matt. Tell me your tell me your come up story. My come up story. The origins. How did I discover physics? Oh my god, where to begin? Uh, well, for like a super super long time, I was absolutely positive I was going to be a concert flutist and a music teacher. Uh, it's what my sister had done. My oldest sister, who I admired a lot, and I loved my music classes. I loved playing my instrument, and I was really good at it. So I was like, you know what? This is a thing I'm good at. This is the thing I've seen, like, my sister go through the college process. I, like, hung out with all her music major friends in college, and I was just prepared. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's the path for me. But then I realized music theory is really boring and not really what I was passionate about. And instead, I was, like, getting amped for my math classes. (laughs) I was so pumped for all my math classes, and I, I understood it, it really clicked with me, but at the same time, it, like, really challenged me, uh, and same with physics, like, I'm good at it, but it's hard, and it really gets, like, gets the juices flowing, you know, trying to puzzle things out, and I think, like, I, I still love music to this day, I have my minor in music theory, I still play all my instruments, but uh, it doesn't really give me that same kind of, like, almost intellectual challenge. Oh, all the music people are going to come for me. But I mean, I've had a similar experience with respect to music theory. Mm-hmm. And like props to anyone who understands it. Because like <laughs> I grew up playing the guitar and I always hated like well obviously you need to like learn scales and such so you can yeah, actually yeah. make comprehensible music. Mm-hmm. But I always hated like following the rules <laughs> and like doing things by specific progressions. Mm-hmm. Cuz I just wanted to like do things how i felt would be good yeah. and how i thought they would sound good mm-hmm. not necessarily according to like a specific formula which is kind of ironic <laughs> we go into physics and it is all the formulas <laughs> yeah i think the interesting thing about studying music is that especially like as an undergrad what you study in music is like a very specific niche area of music like you're not studying music you're studying like western classical music and like everything that you learn is in like this western tradition that's like very specific to our culture and like history whereas physics it's physics like it's not going to differ if you study physics in asia versus in like the west and it's not going to really like our understanding of physics changes over time but physics is still physics i've never really thought of it that way Mm. because it's hard to because there was obviously there is like a culture around the scientific community Mm. and like the different values and the way things are done but that's more of a global thing as opposed to like a regional thing yeah which i suppose is usually like one of the things arguing in favor of science and Mm -hmm. the whole objectivity argument such and such universal not university we're at university for better or worse (laughs) i lost my train of thought matt Oh, so physics. <laughs> yeah, so so around around high school, I, I started kind of getting a little jaded about my, my music career <laughs> and and started realizing that really what was getting me going was, was more math. And so I actually didn't take physics in high school. I never, like, actually went to, like, in my high school, took a physics course. Um, but I took it on my own, homeschooled, over the summer. And let me tell you, I had already decided at that point that physics was, like, a good thing for me. So when I got my first, like, bad grade on a physics test, 
I cried so much because I was like, this is my path. I love physics. And then I did terribly. And like... Welcome to freshman year. <laughs> Welcome to physics. Yeah. So like I knew that I loved it. It was it was like really fascinating to me, like how you could reflect like all these things in nature just with like beautiful, beautiful math. And I was loving it so much. And I was not good at it. I was terrible at it. Um, but I think that's one of the, the things about physics is it's like, I mean, it's kind of a stereotype, but yeah, like it's hard. It's really hard because it's a whole different way about thinking about everything you know it gets to a point where you start being able to like formulate things that are seemingly common sense mm-hmm. into like equations yeah especially like classical mechanics um to a certain extent like electrodynamics mm-hmm. but then you get even higher and then you realize your common sense is actually garbage yeah and everything that you think the universe is like isn't <laughs> ding dong it's quantum mechanics <laughs> everything is not what you think it is it's like if you ordered a pizza and he showed up and rang the front doorbell and you went to the back and opened it and there he was <laughs> the pizza's at the back door that's your description of quantum mechanics all right great. I, I just nodded my head for those at home <laughs> yeah so my, my my path to physics was a little little unexpected and it's definitely weird coming from my family to be someone studying physics like i'm not someone who can go home and, like, tell my family about my research. And I've noticed, like, as the years go by and my my education and, like, my general, like, day-to-day what I'm doing gets less and less relatable. Like, I start leaning back on my music a lot more. So, like, I have my music minor here. And that's, some, like, common ground when I go home. I talk about my music minor so much more than I talk about my physics major. But that's my story. How I found physics. I'm very happy I did. Um, but Mitch Murphy, care to share your side of the story? My journey here has been quite the long and winding road. Um, you know, I brought up that pizza metaphor actually for a good reason. <laughs> because the first dream job I guess I've ever had was to be a pizza delivery guy. Oh, nice. And I went through a lot of, I guess, phases. Mm-hmm. in my life where i'd have like some ridiculous dream job that i wanted to do for some reason or other like i remember right after i finished like the first red dead redemption game <laughs> i uh went through a period where i wanted to be a farmer and um like halloween was right around the corner so i was going to be a pumpkin farmer <laughs> so i remember i like dressed up in some like button-down shirt and jeans and put on like some sneakers that i pretended were boots <laughs> went to you... the store wait 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 how do you pretend sneakers are boots? Because I didn't have any like boots that I could be a cowboy with, so I was like, oh, I, just, I guess I'll just wear sneakers and use my imagination. But um, it was weird because there were definitely periods of time where like science entered my life, and then, well, I guess it entered pretty early on. Um, I was a Boy Scout once, Ooh. and you know how they go around selling popcorn door to door, yeah, like the little annoying shits that they are. <laughs> You get like a prize at the end of the year if um what you know, like, don't look, don't look that way and talk. No <laughs> one can fucking hear you. Where was I? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. If you were in like the top three, in terms of like volume, gross popcorn sales, mm-hmm. as if this was like a corporate agenda, um, you get a prize. Mm-hmm. So I remember the one year, I I got a telescope, and I wasn't like really interested in astronomy beforehand. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like a cool thing. Mm-hmm. that i thought would be 
fun, I guess. I don't even remember. I don't remember picking it. I yeah. just remember having it. But so like we'd go out and set that up and like we'd just look at the moon because you couldn't really see anything else with it. It was like yeah. a real crappy little thing. <laughs> it was like a Celestron something, mm-hmm. something or other. But that was kind of the start, like getting the brain working. The cogs turning. Yeah, in that direction. And um, I actually started getting really into astronomy, like mm-hmm. after that. Like it came with this, um, it was like a software almost where you could like track the planets and stars and like it'd give you all these like fun facts and orbital data that meant nothing to me as a child. Nice. But I remember like I would go through and read all that and then like I'd go through all these Wikipedia articles and I'd like make little PowerPoints for myself of like the moon (laughs) and such and such. That was always kind of something in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I kind of thought it was cool, but it was not really something I knew that could even be like a career. Yeah. And then I remember I got really into like the documentaries by Morgan Freeman and Mm -hmm. like there was one that Mike Rowe narrated. (laughs) Wait, the Dirty Jobs Um, guy? Yeah. How the Universe Works. Oh. I got really into those. And like those were what um, I guess kept my interest Mm. and like kept me hooked throughout like elementary school and middle school. But it was never really something that like I wanted to do as a career. Mm -hmm. It was always just kind of a like a passing interest. Mm -hmm. And then like, I would go through all these different things that I thought I wanted to do. Like, I remember throughout middle school, I wanted to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. And then I got into high school and I got into like the Academy of Finance. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So it was never really something I enjoyed that much, but I kind of thought it would be a practical thing to do. Yeah. And like, I was pretty good at like accounting because it's, I don't know. I don't mean to offend anyone, but it's kind of (laughs) easy. Oh, shit. So that was up to like sophomore year that I started to realize it really wasn't what I would enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then junior year high school, which like seems so long ago now. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking back on it, was my first physics class, Regents Physics. The wonderful time that that was. We're in New York State. But my teacher for that was wonderful. Yeah. He was like a real great guy, brought a lot of energy and like mm-hmm. passion to the classroom, which I feel is really important. Yeah. Especially for like your first introduction to like something like physics because it's especially heavy math. Yeah. Conceptuals. And like if you're just approaching that for the first time, that could be quite a turnoff. But he made things like really practical, really fun. So that made me sort of think about like to start considering what it would be like to pursue that. Yeah. And like later that year is when like I guess I made the decision to want to go into that in college. Yeah, I think like what first grabbed my interest into physics, because like I said, I didn't take an actual in-person physics course in my high school. But before that, I knew that I loved it uh, because I would watch like actual just lectures from like MIT, Oxford, Stanford, like upper division lectures in particle physics and in quantum physics and i didn't understand a fucking word of it but i was like just fascinated about the fact that like that was a thing you could do like there are people that exist that understand that i thought it was amazing and so like my online physics course that i took had like just videos on it that were so basic and i just remember the whole time like I didn't have, like, that teacher one-on-one experience of, like, having someone teach you physics for the first time. 
So it was, it was a really weird transformative time for me. And I remember, like, I'd be watching my stupid, like, not even calculus-based, like, algebra-based physics videos during the day to get my credit. And then I'd go and I had this big book that was like a collection of influential papers in physics. So it was like, you know, it was Copernicus and it was Galileo and Einstein and Newton and all like all the like really classics, <laughs> like the classic physics academic papers. And I try so, so, so hard to follow the math. Like, with all of my heart. And at that point, I was, like, doing calculus on my own. I was just doing, like, I would do anything to understand what was going on. Yeah, I'd always try to, like, read physics papers to, like, <laughs> pretend that, like, <laughs> it's something I know what to do. Yeah. And this was, like, the first half of my AP Calc course before I knew what integrals were. Mm -hmm. But I remember I'd always read these papers and I'd see the little curly sign. <laughs> and I had no idea, like, what that was, yeah. what it was doing. Because it's not really an intuitive thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was so excited when our teacher told us that we'd be starting integrals. Because I thought I'd finally like unlock the keys of these physics papers. That's something to note. I, like, I also didn't take calculus in person. My, my education is wild for, for in high school. I just kind of did my own thing. Like half homeschooled, half at my high school, and a little bit at a local college. That's more than 100%. Yeah, I know. It felt like it. I'm such an overachiever. But like my school was very rural. Like very rural. My graduating class had forty five people in it. And I don't know how big yours was. Uh, about two hundred. Okay, so still small ish. But not nearly as small. So like the opportunities to like people like here we're on Long Island and people come from like the big tech schools in like Brooklyn. Where, like, they're doing research in high school in, in accelerator physics. And you're like, what are you, how'd you do that already? Like, there aren't physicists around me. Yeah, that's one thing I've struggled with. And um, it's actually been inspiring me lately. Like, um, I'm from Buffalo. A little bit of uh, advertisement. Or no, a sponsorship promotion. <laughs> a shameless plug for shameless Buffalo, plug. New York. <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for. But there's really not much in astronomy there. Yeah. So I feel like that was always something I was kind of lacking, especially coming here. And I remember like people would come in freshman year, you're first getting to know everybody and they're like starting to brag about how they're, they've been second authors like yeah. twice and first authors once already in high school. And they've had all these wonderful opportunities that like you may or may not have had in high school. And, yeah. But funny story, actually. Okay. For some <laughs> reason, like as a child up through middle school, really. I only associated science with, like, biology and the life sciences. Oh, yeah. So, like, I never really enjoyed those. Mm -hmm. So, my mom's, like, a pretty inquisitive person, and she's, like, kind of into the life sciences. Like, she's... I'm not going to say this is life science, but, like, she's into, like, medical shows. Dr. You, Pimple Popper. I'm going to interrupt you. Can you stop fondling my plant? Just a little bit. Just, like, just let him live his life. Please. I'm getting to know him. Oh, it's my plant. I have a fluffy ruffle fern hanging from my bed. Is that the name for it? It's a fluffy ruffle fern. But Actually? Yeah, that's what it's called. All right, all right. But I don't think it will appreciate But anyways, anyways, my mother was always really <laughs> okay. into that stuff, and I wasn't. So she'd always like kind of try to push me into what I would call science. Ooh, capital AKA S. The science. life sciences. 
And I was so adamant of not wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. So like when I eventually told her and like my parents, her being one of my parents, (laughs) that I wanted to pursue physics, Mm -hmm. she'd always rag on me like, oh, I thought you hated science. Oh my God. It was just like, I don't know. It was kind of odd. Yeah, I definitely like when I was a little kid, I thought science was pipetting. Like just sitting in a yeah. in a lab with a capital L. That's the stereotypical introduction of a kid to science is like, here, have a microscope. Yeah, I did like a, a bunch magnifying of glass. stuff. Yeah, all the stuff that we work with, you either need a big microscope, aka telescope, or you actually just can't see it. And like fifty million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I knew, like, when I was a very little kid, I always knew that I I liked math, except for the first two years of the public school did, did i tell ever tell you my first grade math class do i tell do I, tell oh thank you i have permission to speak um i got an n on my report card in math for not satisfactory because i was so terrible at like doing that arithmetic really fast that they had you do, do you remember those like one you have one minute to do all this stupid multiplication you had to do like a hundred of them <laughs> yeah those big sheets i was absolutely i don't know about you but we were so competitive about that yeah i i couldn't do it i couldn't do it that fast and so i actually like for my first couple years of of school thought i was bad at math i really did and then we hit long division and long division was my shit i remember the (laughs) first time i ever saw long division with my own eyes I felt like I was transported to some alien universe. I had (laughs) no idea what was going on before my own eyes. Oh, man. Yeah. So, like, at the end of elementary school, I started really understanding that I was good at math. I Like, I thought, I really thought that I was terrible at math. But no, like, this is something I'm good at. It just wasn't taught. It wasn't taught right. Very well. Yeah, because you're taught arithmetic first. And that's very different. And then for, like, a couple years after you start to learn that you're really not at a high enough level to like be introduced to higher topics in mathematics yeah so if you think about it they don't really have anything else to teach you except how to do it quicker yeah <laughs> that's true and then for some reason like throughout elementary school and middle school there's like this stigma about using calculators mm. so you learn all these like really odd ways of doing multiplication like i remember we spent like months going through the lattice method of multiplication oh is that the like new method you had to like write the numbers on the corner of a rectangle and then draw diagonal lines and if you asked me to do it today i couldn't even wouldn't even know how to approach it Mm -hmm. and then so you learn how to do math without calculators because they like instill in you that they're works of the devil (laughs) that professionals don't use but then you get to like high school and college level mathematics and like calculators or what everybody uses like yeah. just google this integral yeah well from alpha and it's great but then you start studying for the physics gre oh my and god all that goes out the we window we need to reserve that for its own episode because i could rant for 35 hours about how much i hate the physics gre that's the graduate readiness exam shameless plug no do not plug that yeah if you want to go to grad school for physics you have to take this exam basically and See, I'm in the wonderful mm. position of um, applying to astronomy programs that, like, half of them don't require it, mm-hmm. but 
still enough of them do that I still have to take it. And it's yeah. really upsetting. Important thing to note early on in our first episode is that Matt likes astronomy. I find astronomy to be very boring. We're at very opposite ends of the size spectrum. Yeah, so we're both physics majors, but Matt is more of an astronomer. And I am more of like an accelerator particle physicist. So we're kind of... We're different. We're different people. We both smash things together at the moment. You're smashing? Except I smash planets together. And I smash... You smash really small (laughs) things that no one can even see. Yeah. Matt, what advice do you have for young people getting ready to go to college? I'm going to monologue a little bit here. Oh, okay. One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently that like I want to accomplish in my career mm-hmm. is just education. Because I feel like there have been a lot of mistakes that I've made like mm-hmm. throughout my educational career and getting to where I am now that were made just because I didn't know what to do. Like whether it's like getting into research as like a freshman or a sophomore, like mm-hmm. just entering your college career and looking for these opportunities. Or basically just what it what you need to do to like make yourself a good applicant. Mm-hmm. Like what things I should be getting involved in, the things I should be looking out for, the things I should be learning. Like I was never taught any of that. Yeah. It was all kind of figuring things out by what other people around me were doing mm-hmm. and then ending up being late to it all. Yeah. I remember really trying to push you into research. I tried to push you into joining my lab so many times, like the my freshman year. I'm like, why aren't you doing research with me? Come on. Because I like space. <laughs> That's one of the bad things about being so niche. Oh, yeah? Is that there aren't always the opportunities that you need. Mm-hmm. It all came down to one coincidental and well-timed hire by the university that we attend. Ooh. That I ended up in a very good position. I'm happy. Yeah. I think... Especially when I was in high school, I think I kind of like dramatized how important a lot of the things I was doing like in high school were. And it, like in a way, yes, they're important. Like getting your SAT score higher is important because you want to get into a school that has the programs that you want. And like I was so obsessed with like going to a school with a big name. Like we we yeah, both know that could be its whole episode. Oh yeah, uh, don't don't fall for the idea that a school's name is everything it has to offer because like we both applied to a lot of the big schools in physics like MIT, U Chicago, Caltech, all these big names. And we both ended up at Stony Brook and we're paying significantly less and we're getting a really good education. It just doesn't have the name value. Like, and in a lot of ways I think we're in a better environment because it's not as cutthroat. So yeah. just chill out, relax. So much less pressure. Yeah. And like if my high school self was thinking about it like thinking about spending four years at Stony Brook, he might have been a little upset. Mm-hmm. But myself now, having gone through these four years, like I am very glad that I'm here as opposed yeah. to anywhere else. Definitely. Shameless plug for Stony Brook. Was a sea wolf? Oh, no, I won't do it. I'm a sea wolf. <laughs> Especially when you're going into into science. Like as long as you're learning the science, you're you're good. Like, just focus on learning the science. That's what it matters. Not not where you are, not what, like, name you have connected yeah, to you. Yeah, don't get caught up in that. Yeah. Especially as, as a high school student and an early undergrad. Once you get to applying to grad school, yeah, it matters, like, who you know and, and what you've done already. But, like, for, especially for, like, when you're first starting about thinking, go, thinking about, wait, starting to think about 
going into especially physics, it can be really easy to think that there's only one way to do it. And there's really not. There's like an infinite number of ways to do it. And that's one of the things that college really opens your eyes to Mm -hmm. is that there are so many pathways to getting anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. And like speaking to just my journey throughout like high school, blah, 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 blah. It always seemed like there was one set pathway that you had to follow, like go through high school, apply to college, get a degree, like go to grad school, all Mm -hmm. step by step by step Mm -hmm. with like no other room for anything else that might come up in life. And then you see all these people in your class that are like older than you. Yeah. Like you wouldn't ever think that they would be pursuing their bachelor degree because they're not 20 years old, 21 years old. Or 18. Yeah. 17 even. Yeah. And I think that's like one of our goals for this podcast is to kind of open up that idea, especially for uh, younger people and people kind of in our same situation that like there's not just one way to pursue a degree in science. There's not just one way to be a scientist. And especially you and I both come from kind of slightly uncommon backgrounds in in physics a lot of people in physics you know they come from scientific families they come from big cities where they had the research opportunities when they were young they usually come from money and neither of us did (laughs) so it's 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 easy to kind of paint a picture of especially a physicist it's really easy to paint a picture yeah and then when you you'll inevitably meet people like that Mm -hmm. people who fit that to a t yeah. And just like, don't get discouraged by it. Yeah. Because you might look at them, look at their resume, everything they've done, and you might not have had the opportunity to do all that. Mm-hmm. And you might like feel like you're already behind. Yeah. Like you're just literally first class of your first year at university and you feel like you're behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of the nicest things about science is that once you get past the initial kind of barrier to an education in STEM, it's, it's really an accepting place. Like it really doesn't matter. Like, like what you look like, where you came from, as long as you're doing the science, people will respect you for the most part. (laughs) Everybody is on the same team. Yeah. We're all, we're all here just to kind of learn more about the way the world works. I think that's kind of one of the most beautiful things about a career in science is that really what matters is that you are contributing to the collective scientific knowledge, you know? But because of the way kind of a lot of science is portrayed in especially popular media, it feels like it's kind of an aging career. Like a lot of scientists are Well, that's old. what they said back in the 1900s. Yeah, that's true. But like, I think, I mean, I know for a fact, like I've been... I spent the whole summer working in a nuclear research facility in Texas and every single like career talk we'd have, they'd be like nuclear science is an aging field because no one's no young people are thinking to go into nuclear science. And it's because in my opinion, (laughs) I think it's because my humble opinion, humble opinion as an undergrad in physics, I think you just, you just as a young person, you don't see this side of things. You don't see, nuclear physics researchers in media and like you think about like all the kids that want to be like i i think particularly about like kids that want to be on tv or like youtubers or in media a lot of times that's your only connection to the scientific community is people who do like popular science outreach exactly but like the the way that you think of like new careers to pursue especially as a young person is by seeing them 
and you don't see physics. You see people doing things like you see Bill Nye and mm. you see Neil deGrasse Tyson and you see all these people like doing science with air quotes. Sorry, it's a podcast. Quote unquote. <laughs> quote, quote unquote science. Should I tap um, the microphone every time? No, 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 <laughs> never. Um, but you don't like a lot of scientific researchers are not spending their time showing the world what they're doing Mm -hmm. especially like the world outside just the scientific community like yes we publish papers yes we communicate with each other but we don't communicate with the world outside about what we do and because of that no one sees it and because of that no one thinks to do it Mm -hmm. so like i feel like the reason that we found physics like it's a testament to that like it's just chance like you just find it and you find fall in love with it like thank god physics is taught in high school so that some people can know that they like it. I agree. Because otherwise, you would never know. You never see it. Like, you hear about when CERN discovers something big. But you don't... There's so many other big physics facilities and other different ways to study physics that you never, ever see. And science at large, I think, that's applicable too, as well. Because you, like, you see the person pipetting. Any question you could ever have has a field dedicated to it. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, though, kind of our our goal for this podcast is to kind of make physics specifically, but science as a whole, uh, seem like a, a kind of a more accessible thing. So we're just two people. We're studying the physics, um, but we're we're here. We're well, doing it. Um, you say that <laughs> physics is an aging field, mm. and particle physics is an aging field. Mm-hmm. But uh, my interest is, my interests—because I have trouble with the STS—is <laughs> yeah. primarily in planets, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know that it's a big is one. a burgeoning field. Oh yeah, yeah. With all the new telescopes coming up, mm-hmm. that just keep getting delayed and delayed, delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. Yeah. But you can thank the government for that. <laughs> we'll have Anywho, another episode on that. <laughs> it's an upcoming field. Yeah. Which I'm quite excited by. But did you know about that in high school? Nope. No. No. Not at all. Like, I knew about CERN in high school. That's it. I've, I've not worked at CERN since. I've worked at now, like, three different accelerator facilities. The biggest source I had into, like, what science and, like, physics, mm-hmm. all that truly was, was Wikipedia. Yeah. Props to Wikipedia. Thank God Wikipedia exists. But also, fuck Wikipedia sometimes. Because they go so... it Like, when you were a kid... And you went on to, like, a physics Wikipedia page. It goes so far, so fast, that I just would, like, get so Those Wikipedia editors go hard. Props to them. I know. Props to the Wikipedia editors. They must have, like, hella degrees, because they're really thorough. I would get so intimidated, but, like, also a little excited, because I knew one day I'd get there. Mm -hmm. But it can hurt your pride a little bit. It's crazy to look back on um, things you struggled with, Mm -hmm. like in your introduction to physics yeah and then looking back on it and not only understanding that but like having mastered it mm-hmm. and having been able to apply it to many other things yeah it's a wonderful feeling like the number of times i'm working on a plasma accelerator project right now oh don't yawn at my plasma physics but uh and you know what keeps coming up uh thermodynamics classical mechanics and electricity and magnetism all the stuff you study in like your first couple physics classes is like majority of what i use it just gets more complicated mm-hmm. by like little quirks in nature it's just the layers that you keep building up yeah on. yeah definitely anywho anywho any any 
closing thoughts for our first episode. I guess we should probably talk about the like the the concept here, the podcast. We have a little bit. We've touched on it. But basically, we're going to be here once a week, hopefully, if classes don't get too hard. Um, just to talk about science from kind of a more modern perspective, like what it means to go into a career in science, what it means to be like, especially right now, we're undergraduates, we're getting ready to apply to grad school. And hopefully these don't just turn into rant sessions <laughs> after our Friday morning quantum mechanics, advanced quantum mechanics class. Oh yeah, you gotta throw that advance. Know that we've already taken quantum mechanics. This is quantum mechanics part two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we're we're coming off of our first week of classes, so we're getting feeling good. We're feeling good. You well, feeling good? No. Mm. Yeah. On paper. On paper, we're feeling great. Um, so we'll be here. We'll be talking about science. Um, this podcast is is hopefully aimed kind of at, at young people coming into the field. Um, we'll have some episodes that are more like advice. Some that are more, yes, definitely angry rants because there are problems that we gotta we gotta deal with as the next generation of scientists but um, basically everything that if we could go back and mm -hmm. tell ourselves yeah everything that we would use to edify our souls <laughs> about physics it's an sit word <laughs> nice it's a gre word oh it's a gre word i've been making it a point to include those <laughs> in my vocabulary at the risk of sounding spurious oh my god that's a good one you know what that means I don't want to know what that means. Not genuine. Oh, great. Good. I'll add that to the list. I'll make a flashcard for that. I could link you to my Quizlet. Oh, good. Props to Quizlet. <laughs> shameless plug for Quizlet. How many shameless plugs do we have at this point? We'll get the number up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put a counter. Ding. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, so we'll we'll be here. Uh, we'll have, yeah, like I said, we'll have some advice episodes. We'll have some angry rants. We'll also hopefully be having guests very soon, uh, talking about we we have some lovely friends here at Stony Brook studying very interesting things. So you won't just be getting physics perspectives here. We'll hopefully diversify ourselves a little bit. Perhaps we should put a disclaimer earlier oh, on yeah. in the episode. Disclaimer: This isn't just a physics podcast. It's 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 all science. Um, trying to make science you know more approachable for everyone, and you know. It's more casual. We're keeping it casual. Bringing it down to earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I would love to be in space, <laughs> we gotta bring things down to earth once in a while. Yeah, I'm a down to earth guy. I'm just studying quantum mechanics. Advanced <laughs> quantum oh, mechanics. Oh yeah, advanced quantum mechanics. Shameless plug, ding, <laughs> for ourselves. Oh my god. All right, so that we did it. We did it. We did a, a podcast episode. That was number one. Numero uno. So we'll hopefully be seeing you guys uh, auditorily next week. We'll hopefully be talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>